I watched an interview the other day where Dylan White claimed that he has requested paperwork from Team Povetkin to prove that Povetkin was actually sick and that he really was in hospital and that he even tested positive. And according to Dylan White, he hasn't received anything like that from Team Povetkin. There was a claim put out there that Povetkin had lost so much weight that he was basically a cruiserweight. And now he's put the weight back on. Where are the pictures of this? Maybe they're out there. I'm not saying they aren't. I'm just asking the question, where are the pictures of this? Because if what Dylan White is saying is true, it is a bit of a chin scratcher. Maybe Dylan White is right to be suspicious that Povetkin's excuse wasn't a genuine one. Now, hypothetically, okay, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. This is a hypothetical scenario. Why would Povetkin use that as an excuse to delay the fight? Why would he need the extra time? Well, Dylan White has speculated that maybe he took a lot of damage. Well, we know he did take a lot of damage in their fight. But given his age, perhaps he needed extra time to recover from the damage he took. That's a possibility. Another possibility, and again, this is a hypothetical scenario. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. But another possibility is that Povetkin, at 41 years of age, having his last roll of the dice, because this is a fight for the WBC interim title. If he wins this, he gets the fight for the heavyweight championship again, probably for the last time in his life. He's made a lot of money, I'm sure. At this point, would he take a risk and decide to take something that he shouldn't be taking? Because if he gets caught, he can say, oh, well, I've already achieved a lot in the sport anyway. I've already beaten a lot of good people. I made a lot of money. It's no real skin off my nose if they catch me again. But if they don't catch me and I win, just imagine, I get another crack at a heavyweight title and Povetkin probably feels like the champions are vulnerable. So again, this is a hypothetical scenario. I'm not saying this is the case, but the reason I am, you know, thinking out loud in this way, because that's what it is. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm just telling you what's been going on in my mind in the run-up to this white Povetkin rematch. You go back several years and Povetkin was taking a substance called meldonium. Now, this is a fact because Povetkin admitted that he took meldonium when it was still legal to take it. Early on in Povetkin's career, he had a stamina problem. Any of you who saw the Marco Hook fight will know that. When Teddy Atlas started working with him, Teddy Atlas, I think, called Povetkin a six-round fighter or something, so he acknowledged his stamina problem. But from the Klitschko fight onwards, all of a sudden, Povetkin developed this incredible work rate and stamina where he wasn't getting tired and he was knocking people out late. And of course, he ended up getting popped from Eldonium eventually. And he got popped again after that because the Wilder fight was supposed to happen, but he got popped from Eldonium and he said it was residual traces of Meldonium from the previous year when it was still legal to take it. 
Then he got popped again when he was supposed to fight Stavern. I think that was in an Eliminator, was it? And he fought Duopa instead and knocked him out viciously. So he has a history. And I guess we'll find out in this rematch if the fight goes long and Povetkin all, all of a sudden has much better stamina again because after that Stavern fight, when he got popped again, you noticed that he was starting to gas out late in fights again. Against Huey Fury, he was gassing towards the middle rounds. Against Anthony Joshua, of course, he gassed out. AJ managed to catch him with a big shot, take him out. Against Dylan White, he was looking very shaky <laughs> before he landed that big uppercut. So Povetkin is not the fighter he used to be. That's clear. Would he be willing to maybe take Meldonium again? Who knows? But if, in this hypothetical scenario, he did take Meldonium or something like that. Meldonium, by the way, is, is it a heart medication or something like that? But it's known to help increase your stamina and endurance when you take it. And this is why a lot of athletes apparently in Russia were taking it. And at 41 years of age, you need all the stamina and endurance you can get. But when fighters take these substances, they like to do something called cycling off. And this is where you basically give your body time to flush the substance out of your system so that you can pass all the drug testing. Now, I don't know, you know, and because of the current restrictions, VADA might not be able to get to Povetkin. They might not be able to get to these fighters if Vada testing is in place for this fight, you know? So <laughs> there's a lot of funny business that can go on because of the current restrictions. Fighters can keep on getting tested until they pop positive for, you know, not PEDs, but you know what, then that can allow them to delay fights. That can allow them to get out of fights without having any legal comeback. And on top of that, how can VADA be as stringent as they normally would be for a fight under the current circumstances? So that's just what's going through my head. I'm not saying that that is what's actually happening in real life, but I'm just going off what Dylan White has said. If it's true, then hmm, watch this space. Let's see how Povetkin performs in the rematch. Now, when it comes to this rematch, I was talking to some people in my Discord server the other day and people are kind of split. Some think that Dylan White is going to win on points. Others think that Dylan White is going to blast Povetkin out early. And there are still some that think Povetkin is going to win again. Now I can see any of those scenarios happening, but something tells me that Dylan White, even if he wins, is going to have to survive another crisis either climb up off the floor or he's just going to get hurt and he's going to have to hold on and all that kind of stuff. I can see why some people think he should just attack Povetkin and be very aggressive from the opening bell. And according to Eddie Hearn, White has been demolishing sparring partners and sending people home from camp. So he's clearly got a bit between his teeth and he wants to make up for what happened last time. If he goes out there and attacks Povetkin, jumps on him early, tries to take him out, 
yes, it could work. And I guess the idea behind that is the longer Povetkin's in there, the more dangerous it is for Dylan White. Because if you give Povetkin time and space, he'll be able to set something up like last time. So the idea is to get him before he gets you. I understand that. But Povetkin can catch you if you attack him. Um, Dylan White, he's a heavy puncher and he's got good punch variety. But he's not the most difficult guy to catch in between shots because his punches are not particularly fast. He's got very long arms. So even at mid-range or close range, when he's cranking his hooks and throwing, they're not going to be as short or tight as Povetkin's. And when Povetkin's on a back foot, okay, you might be able to push him off balance and take some of that power away. But yeah, it's a risky strategy. I guess, look, anything is risky. But the way Dylan White got knocked out in the first fight is when he stood toe-to-toe with Povetkin and exchanged. Where he wasn't pushing him back at the time, he was just stationary on the inside. And they were both cranking hooks. And that is something I warned about pre-fight. I said, Dylan White must not put himself in that position where he's just stood toe-to-toe with Povetkin throwing. Because look what happened to Carlos Takam. Look what happened to so many other fighters who stood toe-to-toe with Povetkin. You don't do that with him unless you're Joe Frazier or Mike Tyson or somebody like that. Because Povetkin is very good in the pocket, shorter arms than Dylan White, naturally better coordinated, better balance. See, in boxing, you've got to stick to your strengths. You've got to know where your opponent is better than you, which areas your opponent is superior than you, and not play to his strengths. Instead, play to your own. So it's not a situation where Dylan White made a mistake on the inside. Well, the mistake he made was fighting Povetkin on the inside at all, at least at that point in the fight. That's the mistake. It's not like you can say, oh, well, he should have, you know, moved his foot this way and then removed his shoulder that way. No. In the majority of cases, if Dylan White and Povetkin are in that situation again, Povetkin's going to come out on top because he's got the shorter arms. His punches are more accurate. He doesn't need to wind them up as much. He's got better balance. He leans from side to side. That's one of the things that Teddy Atlas taught him when he was training Povetkin. Is a bit of that Costamato style. So that is not where Dylan White needs to fight Povetkin. He just needs to stay out of the pocket altogether. And if you are in the pocket, either wrap him up or push him back so you've got him off balance so he can't generate that kind of punching power and smother his shots. But don't just stand there in the pocket and no, in exchange, no. It's not a good idea to do that. It's like in a hypothetical fantasy matchup between Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. If Muhammad Ali stood toe-to-toe with Mike Tyson and got knocked out, you wouldn't say, oh, well, you see, Ali made a mistake because when he was throwing his uppercut, uh, he didn't pivot the way Mike Tyson did and he didn't get the same leverage as Tyson, you see. So Tyson was able to slip that shot and come back with his own uppercut and knock Ali out. No, you wouldn't say that. There is nothing Muhammad Ali could have ever done in terms of training, in terms of preparation, to make him as effective at throwing powerful short shots 
and being elusive on the inside as Mike Tyson. He's not built for that. Tyson being a shorter guy with shorter arms, he had the advantage on the inside against Muhammad Ali. <laughs> okay, in that fantasy matchup. What Ali would have needed to do is stay on the outside and wrap Tyson up in close. For the most part. Same with Mike Tyson. If he was fighting Ali, you wouldn't say, oh, well, look at Ali. He's landing all these jabs on the outside and moving around. Why can't Tyson do the same? You see, the mistake he's making is he's not matching Ali's jab. <laughs> he's not built to match Ali's jab. He's not built to be able to throw double and triple jabs on the move the way Ali can. Moving around the ring, lateral movement. Yeah, coming forward, Tyson could throw double and triple jabs against certain guys, but... He can't fight Ali's style, basically. He, he's never going to be as good. It doesn't matter what Mike Tyson did in terms of training. He would never be as good fighting the way Ali fights. And vice versa. So you've got to know what your strengths are and stick to them. You ha yeah, Dylan White can fight on the inside. And in different fights against other opponents, he's going to come out on top in exchanges like that, like he had with Povetkin. But Povetkin is not the guy to do that against. <laughs> he's not the guy for that so like I say if he's gonna be up close against Povetkin either wrap him up or make sure you've got a shoulder in between his chest so you're pushing him back don't just stand there with him it's just not a good idea uh, maybe in 20% 30% of exchanges like that Dylan White might come out on top but in the majority of them it's gonna be Povetkin and we saw what happens if he can get one good shot on Dylan White's chin, it's over. I think Dylan White needs to keep it long behind a jab that was working for him first time around. Catch Povetkin coming in just like he did first time around. The first knockdown came, was it the first or the second knockdown? Can't remember now, but the one where he caught Povetkin with that left hook come uppercut as Povetkin was coming at him. That's what Dylan White should do in the rematch, I believe. Keep it long and... Yes, there will be a time to attack Povetkin. There will be an opportunity to do that if he manages to break him down with a jab like he did in the first fight at long range. But when that time comes, he needs to make sure that he pushes Povetkin back when he's attacking him. Because if Povetkin can get momentum coming forward, he's going to get power in the shots and Dylan White is going to be in trouble. He also needs to make sure that he keeps those power shots nice and long because he's got the longer arms than Povetkin. So when he's moving forward, throw the long right hand. And he did, again, do that in the first fight. So that would be my strategy. Everything is risky. But for me, that would be a more sensible way to approach it than to just go straight out and attack Povetkin from the opening bell and try and take his head off. It could work, but I just feel like <laughs> that right there is dicing with danger unnecessarily. I, I just think that's more dangerous than fighting a long-range fight. Because he got knocked out in the first fight when he decided to stand and trade, when he abandoned the long-range boxing and thought, okay, he's damaged enough for me to actually stand and trade and take him out. He wasn't. And Dylan White will know that now. So those are my thoughts about this fight. Again, I don't want to see any hysterical bedwetters in the comment section saying you're accusing Povetkin of this and that I'm accusing him of nothing I'm just telling you what has been on my mind what's been going through my head what I've been thinking about with regards to this fight 
I don't want to take nothing away from Povetkin because we know he was okay for the first fight in terms of, you know, there was no improper activity going on. He won it fair and square. But for the rematch, I don't know. There's just some weird things as far as Povetkin's official reason for postponing the fight. Maybe it's all in the up and up. Maybe they want Dylan White to think that. Maybe they want to get in Dylan White's head. And they're saying, yeah, we could send him the paperwork, but you know what? Let him sweat. (laughs) You know, let him think that there's something else going on. Let him worry about that. Could be that too. And I'm sure there'll be other bedwetters saying, how do you know Dylan White's not on something? He's failed tests before. Why are you only accusing, I'm not accusing Povetkin of anything. Okay, well, why are you theorizing about Povetkin possibly being on something when Dylan White has failed tests before? You matchroom fanboy, you're so biased. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's possible. Dylan White's on something right now. Povetkin, according to White, not producing any evidence that he was actually in hospital or sick or anything like that. So that's what I'm going off. That to me is a bit weird. That's all. If Dylan White was doing something similar, I'd also say that was weird. What about Dylan White's B sample? <laughs> These people crack me up. One minute they call me a matchroom hater and a Dylan White hater, and the next minute they call me a matchroom fanboy and a Dylan White fanboy. They can't make their minds up. Come and join me on Patreon and access my weekly no holds barred censorship free podcast where we lift the lid on a wide range of controversial topics. It's not mainstream friendly, it's not politically correct, but that's the whole point. We dare to stand as a beacon of reason against an army of insanity. Just head on over to my Patreon page and select the tier called Hatman Hot Topics. You'll gain access to a minimum of two hours of exclusive content every single week, including podcasts, videos, interviews, live stream Q&A sessions, as well as my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. Not to mention a vast back catalogue of hundreds of hours of previous episodes. You can listen via the Patreon app with the option to download in high quality MP3. We've also got a Discord server where you can come and chat and hang out with myself and other members. There's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today.